I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. Gems within our community just keep on emerging. They kind of (laughs) pop up out of the soil, and it's just so wonderful. Um, And they don't pop up necessarily by accident or by themselves, (laughs) but everybody puts a lot of effort into it. And that certainly struck me when I was at the farm table restaurant and art gallery Mm -hmm. yesterday afternoon, which is a an amazing place. I'm hoping more and more of the people who live within the range of our voices will kind of come out and visit because not only is it a place uh, where you can get amazingly good food, which is (laughs) sourced from farms within about 20 miles. Oh, wow. And the the uh, <laughs> the chef is fantastic, the <laughs> chef team, but it's also really the anchor of a food hub, and that means that there aren't other activities associated with this with, with, this, uh, with a restaurant that is actually a nonprofit, yeah, and yeah. is run by a foundation. It is a very uh, unique kind of place. Pretty rare. Yep, it is, and we have an, uh, they have an art gallery there. Mm-hmm. Well, I was at the restaurant, so I kind of strolled through the art <laughs> gallery yesterday, and a young photographer was installing pieces uh. that will be uh, showcased at a reception next Friday oh. at the Farm Table Foundation Art Gallery. The young man is Brooks Jeanan, who is now pursuing his photography um, degree from the Minnesota from the University of Minnesota and he's with us this morning to talk about that exhibit and what his focus is All right. good morning Brooks how are you good morning Sylvia I'm doing great how about you good thanks so much it was so nice meeting you yesterday and coming upon you as you were installing your exhibit I was taken very much Brooks by not only the scale of your photography which tends to be really kind of a generous-sized canvases, but also by the, the topic, your focus. Can you describe your photographs for those who are listening? Yeah, so a lot of my photography um, revolves around this conversation between humans and the environment. Um, so I'm very fascinated by um, uh, this, this conversation and... Um, how and why we use the land and what we use it for. And um, a lot of it has to deal also with the the traces that we leave behind. Mm. Um, so when we go into certain environments, whether it's urban or rural um, or somewhere in between, um, you know, suburban landscape, um, and, you know, we use these areas and um, environments for a variety of different uh, uses and resources, um, and once we use them for uh, the purposes that we intend them to be used for, you know what what is left behind, or what type of marks or impressions do we make on the environment or make on the earth? 
Um, and it's kind of that, uh, those questions and that conversation that really kind of um, drives me to create this photographic work. One of the things that struck me right away when I saw your, your uh, frames up at the art gallery was that your focus is on black and white, which is something that we don't often see anymore, especially when people take a look at a landscape. They tend to be enthralled by the colors, you know, the sunsets, the flowers. But you've taken, you've taken that um, different approach. Why is that? <laughs> um, it's, uh, I do have technical reasons for it. Um, largely, though, what it comes down to is feel. Um, so when I started this project, I was actually shooting it in color, um, as well as black and white. And, you know, kind of the, the first quarter of the project, I was comparing, you know, black and white to color and, um, what do they say and how do they feel and how does this, uh, message get translated through both of them? And, you know, as I kind of like showed this work to people and looked at it myself, um, the black and white, there was just a certain feel to it that really made sense for me. Um, and some of the, I guess, the more technical reasons for this as well is um, it it takes away a lot of visual information. Um, you know, colors are extremely strong signifiers, and they can um, convey really intense emotions. Um, and I think... Uh, taking some of those away and creating an image in black and white, um, it offers more room for viewership and engagement with the, or the looker or the, the viewer. Um, so the viewer has to uh, bring their own emotions to the actual image. Um, so it kind of, it creates more of a conversation and more, um, engagement from the the person who's viewing the piece that is really quite uh, an analysis because <laughs> it, and it's very interesting to me it, it's a quite an analysis because i know that when i take a look at whether it's a photograph whether it's a photograph or a canvas it's the color that i'm struck by first and yeah. sometimes that's where i'll stay <laughs> is in, in that contrast between a yellow and a purple, or take a look at a, a, an angry sky and what it means to have, you know, clouds that reflect the sun against the blackness. And, I, and you're, you're making me kind of think about my own reaction <laughs> to things when I see color and how it seems yeah. to all be coming from the object to me. Right. Yeah, there's, um, there's, it's kind of like those varying levels, levels of subjectivity. Um, and, you know, like you were just talking about with, with colors, you know, that provides so many different points of uh, subjective interpretation. And when you remove those, those colors, um, it's kind of a, like you were mentioning, a, a larger canvas for, um, kind of like a more, just kind of a larger uh, subjective interpretation. So instead of picking apart the individual colors, um, 
it's it's more of looking at the entire piece and you know what is what is the individual's um, subjective engagement and what do they project upon that piece now the the, the canvases that are and the uh, frames I don't know how, you know how, how you tend to refer to these is it is it photographs frames canvases what's your the terminology that you use um, photographs Photograph. all right well let's just go with photographs I yeah, I like frames too. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. When you um, have have decided, okay, th this you you started with black black and white and color, and you ended up with black and white alone. Is is a is a different? Do you have to look at your subject differently when you decide to go just with black and white? Uh, yes. Um, and it's, this is something, too, that I'm always actively thinking about and thinking through. Um, and, you know, how do I approach something, uh, color versus black and white, or how do I, you know, see that finished image? Um, and I forget which photographer mentioned this, um, but they basically said, you know, are you using color to be uh, descriptive or decorative? And I find that using color um, should be descriptive. And kind of like we were talking about in the beginning, um, you know, all the different signifiers that, that color brings. And using color in a, a creative way to further, um, you know, the narrative or language of photography or the theme that you're exploring. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do look at, at things uh, differently, certain scenes or settings. And um, I would say about 10 or 15% of the time I see it in color and I'm really drawn or fascinated by uh, a certain color combination or juxtaposition of, of two colors. Um, and in those instances, you know, that to me is a color photograph. Um, but the, the black and white images and a lot of the images from this body of work and this show, uh, I'm really focusing on, on form and lighting and, um, you know, a lot of how the, the geometry of objects within the image, uh, how those are kind of put together and the, the direction of um, all of these elements, you know, what does that say, and how does that move uh, an individual's eye through the image? So it's, yeah, I mean, I, I am actively thinking about color versus black and white, um, but, yeah, I would say about 15% of the time I can say, like, oh, like, that is a color image to me. Uh, getting to that exhibit, you just referred to it, You've, how many uh, different frames have you got hanging in this exhibit at the Farm Table Gallery? There are uh, 16 of them. 16. And uh, they're, they're of a, a good size, so how, how big does, do these uh, frames tend to be? The largest ones are 32 by 40 inches, and then the smaller ones are uh, 24 by 30. Uh, you know, they are very often sweeping uh, 
images of of open land um, and or or of implements or signage or, or other things there. Why this focus on agricultural land? I mean, are you from a farming background? It's that's uh, such an interesting question because I am not. Um, but somehow it's something that I I'm very drawn to, and I'm you know drawn to this uh, bucolic or pastoral landscape, um, and. You know, I, I often think about that, and you know, why, why this, uh, these certain settings are like, why, why am I pulled toward this, or why do I uh, feel a certain need to go out and photograph these areas? Um, but yeah, I, I am not um, from a farming background, or uh, I didn't live in a, a rural town or anything like that. Well, that makes two of us, okay? <laughs> because yeah. I grew up in the Bronx, so. Oh, okay. There you go. So uh, certainly, both you and I uh, are both um, witnesses to the fact that there is this pull to those sure. yeah. pieces of land that is not about having necessarily been born to it. There is a fundamental draw to to that that uh, landscape that feeds us and that people have worked on and continue to work on uh not only in minnesota and, and wisconsin but all over the country that you're focusing on black and white i'll tell you it just sparks a number of of recollections for me because um being a baby boomer i was a kid at the time of the Polaroid camera, which mm. spit out these horrendous <laughs> color <laughs> photos. Uh, but which, of course, you know, it was a, a step forward in, in technology, and it was amazing to watch these things develop before your eyes. Um, but the, the, pr the preponderance of photos that I had been familiar with were black and whites. Mm. Color was newer. It was black and white, which is what I grew up with. And Bob Zonk, I would suspect that that was true of you as well. Absolutely. I have. I collected all of my mom and dad's photo albums, and they're ninety-nine percent of them are black and white, and so wow. sharp. Even with those cheap little cameras they had. That's right. So it certainly does. Um, I think pull on a lot of memories for for oh. many of the older people who might be coming to your exhibit. Uh, Brooks to see that kind of treatment because certainly I was growing up and so were you Bob at a time of even black and white uh, oh, yeah. uh, movies yep television was black and well, white television was black and white <laughs> and the artistry of black and white is amazing it is I mean when you when a when a, a good photographer a good cinematographer works well in black and white um, it, it's just dr very dramatic there's a reality that you don't get in color. Yes. It's just the way it is, and I think you're saying the color draws to the color rather than the subject. Probably the whole answer. Yeah. So yeah. just so seeing your uh, images in, in uh, black and white was um, striking, Brooks. But also, um, I, you know, I just keep on going back to your analysis of how, how having that... 
focus on black and white draws me to the photo um, in a different way. In a very different way. So when it comes to the technology of this, what kind of camera do you use just to get into that for a bit? Sure. Um, So I use uh, an an old uh, uh, large format view camera. So is it a 4x4? 4x5, uh, yeah. 4x5. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, I would suspect, listening to us this morning are wondering, what are you talking about? <laughs> because the, 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 the phone camera has become the predominant one in the U.S. right now. So many of us aren't even carrying cameras anymore, digital or otherwise. And you are t- hearkening back to a much older technology can you describe that camera for us so it is it is a camera that basically does nothing for you um (laughs) you have to do everything uh so it it works on a very basic level i mean how all analog cameras work where there's a, a lens in front there's a light tight box and then you have your film plane in the back um, and the light tight box is uh, a series of bellows, um, so you can extend and focus to uh, your scene. And it's an all mechanical camera, um, so there are no batteries. And um, you have to set the shutter speed and aperture, um, and you have to use an external uh, light meter to read the light of your scene. And the film that goes in the back um, is actually in a a film holder, which is a a light tight kind of sleeve that holds the film. And you put the the film in the back once everything is uh, set with the lens in the front. And um, the light strikes the back of the, the film and you take the film holder back out, and then you bring it to the dark room to develop it. Um, and the the negative is, uh, you know, it's four by five, um, so it's uh, four by five inches. So you get a, a, a really large negative. That um, I mean, you were talking earlier about the the scale of the prints, and that they're they're rather large. Um, so using this format uh, also allows somebody to um, print at a, a large scale while still retaining all of the, the detail and the nuances of um, the, the scene that you're photographing. Well, Brooks, I, I, I wish I could describe to you adequately how excited Bob Zonk is right now <laughs> listening to your description. I'm, I'm uh, one of those old great. guys that believe in old traditional things, and that camera description oh, yeah. just blows me away yeah well it it just harkens back to um everything that used to happen before we got to kodachrome and um that single frame you know at one time in the early days of photography it was on it was on copper plates and it was on glass (laughs) treated glass um and how much knowledge you have to have of your craft Absolutely. The thing that impresses me most is that in this day and age, he's using that camera. That's incredible to me. I'm, j- I'm just really, really 
um, so impressed by that. Me too. Because it does it does require such a full understanding of what it is that you're doing in yeah. order to do it well. Certainly, you know, some of the, the, the most famous photography in the country oh, is yeah. black and white, yeah. taken on large frame. <laughs> and, you know, you can go to any museum shop and you pick up a photography book and it, it, the, the, the most valued photographs have tended to be black and white. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, of course, Ansel Adams, you know, pops yeah. to mind. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That you are, are in his tradition. Um, and how lasting those impressions are. Yeah, they are. And how how long do you uh, anticipate being able to continue to use that camera to produce what you do? Uh, I'll use it as long as I can. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's a tool that... Um, uh, I feel very close to. Um, yeah. It it allows me to. Uh, there's a certain uh, level of interaction yeah. with um, the individual you're photographing or the environment you're photographing um, that happens when using that camera, and it. Yeah, it it is a much more um, intimate and slow. Uh, process and interaction. Seems to um, me it must be pretty close to putting yourself in the picture without seeing you. Yeah, yeah. It uh, that's a that's a great way to um, to kind of phrase it because there is uh, there is a much larger interaction um, that the photographer has to uh, kind of. Uh, you know, submit themselves to in order to <laughs> use uh, a large format camera and, and make images with it. I like the way you said submit yourself to. Like the camera's yeah. really in charge. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to point uh, it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all you do. You just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Set the light and call exactly. it good. <laughs> yeah, call you it a day. You know, Brooks, it, the, the way that you um, use the technology and, and use your craft, uh, what you've decided to look at and help us see through your, uh, through the way that you have captured that image, um, that relationship to the land, it, it really is all about what's happening in the Amory area where we're trying to to lift up and point up again the, the relationship between people and the land, people and their food, <laughs> people and art and the land and food. It's all part of our culture. And your, uh, your exhibit really helps make those connections very, very visible for us. Can you tell us when, how long does your exhibit run at the Farm Table Gallery? Yeah, so the exhibit will be up until uh, February 1st. All right. So the uh, reception for this wonderful exhibit, and what is, the, what is this exhibit called? It is called Continuum of Will. Oh, interesting. Yes. A Continuum of Will will be at the Farm Table Foundation Art Gallery in Amory, Wisconsin. The reception is next Friday. 
December. What's the date on that? Must be uh, eight. Uh, seven. Seven. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. From December 7th until the 1st of February. Wow. So please make it out here to see Brooks's wonderful photography. And is there, Brooks, a website that people can go to to begin to see a preview of your work? Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, www.brooksgeenen.com. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.